Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 477 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet want to thank you for joining us tonight this will be our short topics episode we did have a couple of weeks off for various reasons basically me moving around the country but we are back now and uh, cheryl will actually be on assignment tonight so she won't be joining us but hopefully we'll be back for the next one so we'll go ahead and introduce the two of us that are here i'm russ k5tux and i'm bill and e4rd all right so let's get into it we've got some short topics to cover that are open source related, amateur related, and open source and amateur related. So let's dive in. We don't have a lead topic for tonight, although I suppose this first topic could have been a lead topic, and it's going to lead, so let's call it that. <laughs> for amateur radio topics, the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo has started selling tickets. They are now available. The cost is, as it was the last time around, a flat fee of $10. Free tickets are available to students and kids under 18 years of age, and you can see the website for more details. Something new this time around that's available is the Project Gallery. Share your latest ham radio project in the new Project Gallery. You can feature an article, poster, video, or slides, along with a downloadable PDF document about your project from a self-service kiosk on the platform. This is a great way to make a presentation in the Expo without making a speaker commitment. The Project Gallery is up for the entire period of the show, including the 30-day on-demand period. Each kiosk includes an optional live Q&A text chat to receive and answer questions from visitors to the Project Gallery. Accepted Project Gallery submissions will receive a free ticket to the Expo. And just so you know, this iteration of the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo will be running from September 17th through the 18th of 2022. So coming up in about a month. So if you want to check that out, you definitely should. I, I don't know that we've decided what we're doing as far as the expo, but. <laughs> well, I know the uh, commitment for speakers is, uh, as I think, you know, tomorrow as we record this. So I definitely won't make that. So <laughs> we might we might lose, use one of these. Uh, 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 we might drop something over there for uh, this project gallery. This might be something that would work better for us to uh, just drop something in there and send people our way to discord and stuff like that. Well, it says you can drop a video, so we could do a quick video or something and yeah, that's put that over. Yeah. I don't know the timeline of this particular thing is. I didn't go on the website to check it out yet, but uh, I'm sure it's probably more flexible than the speakers. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And we've had some trouble, you know, being speakers in the past. The first time it worked all right. Second time, not so much. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see if we have some sort of presence at the upcoming QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo. And a link to that expo, of course, will be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Yeah, for sure. All, All right. right. 
Next article is a Solar Cycle 25 update. What hams should know. Hey, that's us. How about that? Uh, while the intense sun has produced its share of record high temperatures this summer. Yes, it was very hot today. Uh, amateur radio operators have been eagerly following the life-sustaining G-type main-sequence star at the center of our solar system for another reason, namely Solar Cycle 25. NASA and the NOAA, National Ocean Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, offered a grim view for amateur radio enthusiasts. They predicted that uh, uh, Solar Cycle number 25 here would follow in its in the lackluster path of its sunspot challenge predecessor. Uh, producing a minimum peak spot, uh, sunspot. I can't read any of this. Spot uh, <laughs> Yeah, pot, pot sun. Pot, pot snot. Uh, yeah, a number of 95 with a maximum of 130. Uh, on the brighter side, a team of scientists published a paper entitled Overlapping Magnetic Activity Cycles and the Sunspot Number Forecasting Sunspot Cycle 25 Amplitude, uh, which laid out the argument that the upcoming 11 years... Uh, would rank among the top cycles since astronomers began counting sunspot numbers in the middle of the 1700s. The paper's authors, uh, solar physicist and team leader Scott W. McIntosh and Sandra C. Chapman, Robert J. Lehman, Ricky England, and Nicholas W. Watkins, predicted with 95% confidence that the cycle 25 amplitude will fall between 153 to 305 spots and with a 68% confidence that the amplitude will be 233 spots. So where do all these predictions stand two years later? Because, yes, we're two years into the cycle now. According to a recent article by Teresa uh, Teresa uh, Pultrarova, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong anyway, uh, at space.com, the news for hams is promising, to say the least. Team McIntosh's sunnier perspective uh, is proving to be on track. For example, in May 2022, there were 97 sunspots compared to 37 predicted by NASA and NOAA. Further, if this pattern continues, the sun will easily reach 115 monthly sunspots by the end of this year and peak two years later at over 210 monthly sunspots, according to the article. So this came from a blog post over on On All Bands, which I believe is the DX Engineering's uh blog so uh, check that out and check the link in the show notes but uh, yeah this is good news for uh for the bands and yeah 10 and 15 have been doing pretty good and uh with uh, this kind of uh, forecasting it could only get better in the next uh, couple of years here as we uh, continue to the peak but uh, as with any solar cycle things could change instantaneously <laughs> so <laughs> but but for the moment noah can suck it <laughs> yeah yeah noah and nasa were a bit of. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit uh, modest uh, on their, uh, or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a bit light on their predictions, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, they're not, they're not perfect. Nope, absolutely not. All right. So those were our amateur radio related topics for the evening. So we're going to slip on into open source. And the first one here is Google overtakes Microsoft and open source contributors research finds. Ooh, because I, th- I know Microsoft was really hammering hard on the open source. Yeah. Google has increased its commitments to open source software and overtaken Microsoft in terms of active contributors, according to a new analysis by Avon. Avon said that Google's monthly commits to the open source code repository GitHub have surged 20%. I guess that's percent. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Cut and pay. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. 20% year on year and now has a greater number of active contributors than Microsoft. According to data from the open source contributor index, Oxy. 
Google had 5,421 active contributors in July compared to Microsoft's 5,268. Wow, we're really splitting hairs here. (laughs) (laughs) Avon co-founder and CTO Heike Nusainen, that sounds distinctly Finlandian, said Google overtaking Microsoft was particularly surprising, quote, unquote. Quote, a factor in this has been a decline in Microsoft's year-on-year commitments to open source projects, unquote, Nusainen said. However, he continues, Microsoft's commitment to developer freedom and innovation is consistent with the company being a major player in open source and even purchasing GitHub in 2018. The Oxy data shows that Google has maintained the lead in monthly active contributors. (laughs) Boy, we're both having problems, and I haven't started (laughs) drinking yet. Maybe that's the problem. We had two weeks off, so, you know, it's a little rough. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah. Since the start, uh, well, I guess I should go back to the beginning. The Oxy data shows that Google has maintained the lead in monthly active con- contributors since the start of this year, after Microsoft led in every month in 2021 except February. Red Hat, Intel, and IBM have consistently followed Google and Microsoft in terms of contributor numbers this year. So, whatever. Lots of people doing open source. That's all that matters. That's right. All right, and that came from Silicon Republic, and a link to that article will be in the show notes if you want to investigate further. All right, so what's next up? Yeah, we have a, a release here, Kali Linux 2022.3 release. And uh, in light of the Hacker Summer Camp 2022, uh, Black Hat USA, B-Sides LV, and DEF CON, of course, DEF CON just finishing up this weekend here, uh, occurring right now, we uh, wanted to push out Kali Linux 2022.3 as a nice surprise for everyone to enjoy. With the publishing of this blog post, we have the download links ready for immediate access, or you can update any existing installation. The highlights for Kali's 2022.3 release are the following. Uh, the Discord server, Kali's new community real-time chat option, has launched. Well, way to catch up with the rest of the world. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> of course, I don't know. Is that a good thing or bad thing for open source, right? People using Discord? I don't know. We like it. It's fine. Well, uh, when, test- when the open source version of Discord comes along, I'll definitely switch to it. So, Well, there's there's Matrix, right? It's well, kind of sort yeah, of but close. Matrix kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't, don't, don't hate on us for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like what they are trying to do. They just make it hard to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if someone's trying to solve their own problem with building their own Discord, then then we might have that solution. But uh, we'll right. wait and see. Let's see what else here. A test lab environment. Quickly create a test bed to learn, practice, and benchmark tools and compare the results. Uh, opening Cali Tools repo. We have opened up the Cali uh, Tools repository and are accepting your submissions. Interesting. Uh, help wanted. We are looking for a Go developer to help us on an open source project. So go 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 Dart go Dart. Something. Yeah, go. Anyway, uh, Cali NetHunter updates. New releases in our NetHunter store. Uh, virtual machine updates. The new VirtualBox image format, weekly images, and build scripts to build your own. And as well, new tools in Cali. Would not be a release without some new tools. So go check out Cali. I didn't get a chance to, uh, you know, do the good old LHS readiness score on it, but um, I'm sure, as usual, it's fine because I believe it's, uh, it's a Debian based, right? So. <laughs> it's, should score pretty well. I don't. I wouldn't foresee any uh, any problems with that. Maybe uh, next time around, we'll go and take it for a spin and and try it out. But yeah, uh, yeah that, that came good. right from the Cali Linux website. All right, very good. Yeah, another one to try if you haven't tried Cali before, and one that will uh, will kick the tires on at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, it's not a daily driver. I mean, it's really for doing like pen testing and stuff like that. But 
it's still kind of a neat uh, toolkit to have in the bag. Yep, absolutely. All right, so moving on, I get to read another story about Microsoft. Uh, it it has open sourced its 3D emoji. It's open sourcing more than 1,500 of its 3D emoji, making them free for creators to remix and build upon. Almost all of Microsoft's 1,538 emoji library will be available on Figma and GitHub starting today, and a move that Microsoft hopes will encourage more creativity and inclusivity in the emoji space. While Microsoft released its emoji in Windows 11 last year and 3D versions in Teams in February, the company hadn't originally planned to open source its work. Quote, initially, we were focused on building the body of work, says John Friedman, Microsoft's CVP of design and research, in an interview with The Verge. Continuing, the idea kind of just started popping around and it aligned with our belief and perspective that the more open source we are internally and externally, the more product excellence we can build and the more relevant we can be for all of humanity. We're talking about emojis here, people. So <laughs> exciting. They don't think they're saving <laughs> lives by open sourcing their 3D emojis, but, you know, <clears throat> okay. Uh, lofty goals, I guess. Microsoft spent a lot of time on inclusive design and the varied needs of emoji that spec across different people, religions, and countries. Oh, span across. Man, just whatever. Uh, people, religions, and countries. The result was more than 1,500 emoji that include custom skin tones with bright and saturated colors and a focus on fun in the workplace. Even Clippy was introduced as a replacement for the paperclip emoji, but that's one of a few that won't be open sourced simply because of legal requirements around Microsoft's trademarks. Aww. Aww, Poor Clippy. (laughs) We don't need any more Clippy, honestly. Yeah, I have to say, like, I use Teams for work. Yeah, as uh, do I. Yeah, I noticed the icon change, and I I don't like the new icons. (laughs) New emojis, whatever. (laughs) I just just don't like them. I like the old ones better, even though the old ones were very limited in what they had, but uh, the new ones kind of, meh, I don't like them. They kind of suck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't like them. I just they don't look they don't look fun. Uh, we, I don't spend a lot of time using emojis and teams, so uh, I really haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, mine's normally the facepalm one, you know, like oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> might might be the most used emoji on on computer yeah. networks. Of- <laughs> and I don't think that's even animated anymore. So like, yeah, it's kind of sad. Like the other one, like the guy would take his hand off and put his hand on his face and just shake his head, <laughs> which is awesome. I really love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It's like every conference call. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right, so let's move into some Linux in the ham shack, and Bill's going to tell us about Predict. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people probably have heard of this, um, although it's not the one you think. Uh, Predict, Predict version 2.3.0 has been released. Version 2.3.0 includes an easy-to-use satellite transponder database editor and introduces support for a mouse or a touchscreen under Termux and Android environment. Uh, new features make it possible to run Predict in multi-satellite tracking mode, left-click on uh, satellite displayed in the list, and be brought directly into the single satellite tracking mode for more detailed tracking information on the chosen spacecraft. In addition, Vocalizer code has been integrated into Predict's mainline uh, source. Text-to-speech operations are now executed in separate threads rather than forked background processes, as was the practice in the past. Please refer to the changes file for more information. And, of course, this came from uh, QSL.net, their webpage over there, which looks a little dated, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, Predict sounds like G-Predict, but it's not the same thing. G-Predict is a derivative of this particular product. So uh, if you want to look at the the original and the source, well, the parent, I guess, <laughs> check out Predict. It uh, looks uh, mainly as a Cursus-based 
application, and uh, it definitely has a lot of other options you can plug into it uh, to uh, you know do mapping and everything else. But uh, but yeah, this is uh, so we probably expect some of these features if uh, they don't already exist in the uh, derivatives uh, to maybe expand uh, what the capabilities of of those derivatives are as well. All right, sounds good. I I have never seen the original one. I've always used Gpredict because it's got the nice groovy graphics. <laughs> nice gooey. Well, this will go back and you can use your terminal now. This would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For as, for as little as I do anything with satellites, I can uh, give it a shot at least. Yeah, you can see. Look, look, it's flying right there. There it goes. <laughs> right back. And, and it's gone. And I missed it. <laughs> All right. So it's kind of a, a light news week. So with that, we're kind of down to the end of the stories. But we do have some feedback. So we'll go ahead and read that one. This is a YouTube comment from Victor Kilo to Alpha Oscar Echo. He says, hi, Bill. Not sure you'll get this. He got it, or he's getting it now. <laughs> I have an old iMac running on Ubuntu. After much hassle, got it running WSJTX with my QRP Labs QDX kit. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, cat control works. It receives its error, but when you hit transmit, the light flashes. Transmit on, but no output power. I thought maybe my transceiver had blown its final, but my Surface Pro, or on my Surface Pro, it works fine. Running Windows 11. Yeah. Any thoughts? 7-3 from Victor Kilo to Alpha Oscar Echo. So, Bill, thoughts? Well, I uh, I don't have one of these devices myself, but I did uh, kind of poke around a little bit. And I did notice that uh, they do have a, a latest release of the firmware uh, version 1.04 that was released just here uh, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the issues it addresses is uh, issues with uh, no cat command TX timeout issues, and as well as some other uh, other uh, variations of this uh, firmware have fixed uh, various issues with cat control. And I don't know if it's specifically cat control in the Linux world or Windows, because in theory it shouldn't matter because it's all using a base layer to do that. So I would suggest first that you can you know confirm that your firmware is up to date with the latest 1.04 and you can download that of course from QRP Labs' website. And uh there are some uh interesting uh notes at the very bottom of their uh, page for that uh regarding uh setting it up for FL Digi which you know, it's it's very similar when you set it up for WSJTX. Um you do use the uh the Kenwood TS440S as the uh as the rig so that's the emulation that the uh the 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 little unit gives for the cat control and uh the uh the ptt has to be via the hamlib control via the hamlib so you might need to set that up properly as well for what actually initializes the transmission because you might just be uh you might be uh, sending the tx command and then it's locking up because you're not using it via hamlib or something something else could be causing it Anyway, it looks like it, it is a little bit of a picky device, although you may have had success in Windows. It's only because the apps you're using in Windows probably have different default settings. And another one is the, the volume control. You want to make sure that those, the, that, those QDX uh, audio devices that you're using are actually set up as full volume uh, for, the, uh, for the microphone input, you know, your software going out to your radio. That needs to be set up for max volume. So sure, you go into your mixer and you can see that those volume tabs are all the way up to 100%. And uh, yeah, uh, those are the only things that I found that could possibly be causing any of those kind of random issues. Uh, I hope it's uh, nothing else. But uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd start with that. There's some good information there on the uh, the QDX uh, webpage there on the qrp-labs.com site. All right, good information there. 
I'm glad you dug into that. Hopefully that'll help him sort out whatever the problem is. And if nothing else, uh, ferrites. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention because, yeah, me and you had that conversation earlier. The only issue I've ever had with cat control on Linux has been the susceptibility to RF. And I never really ran into that problem in Windows. And I'm not sure if it's just because of the base layer driver for USB is slightly different on handling maybe noise or some kind of artifacting that you get when you uh, zap it with a little bit of RF. But I have installed ferrite beads on all of my USB cables, both ends. So um, I I haven't had any problems since I've done all that. So that would be another thing if it just happens to be RF. But you know, it is a QRP device. So, you know, your, your mileage may vary. But I had the issue with my 703, which is a QRP device as well. So it's possible to throw enough RF back, even with QRP, to, uh, to uh, piss off a uh, USB device. All right. Very good. Well, that brings us down to the end of our stories and feedback and announcements and everything for this episode. And since Cheryl is on assignment this week, I'm going to have to do all of the new subscribers, supporters, and the live show participants. And uh, I don't know, we're kind of blowing up on Facebook. There's a whole ton of them. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so let's get down through this. We have new subscribers and Patreons. We have Richard Pestinger and Paul Mooney. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you're enjoying the show. And if anybody has any feedback, please feel free to let us know. Good, bad, otherwise, we like to hear from our our folks who listen. And uh, we definitely take all constructive criticism seriously. So uh, for Facebook, we have Michael Meadows, Joseph Jackson, Zeev Bismuth, Rodney Castaldi, VU3FPI, Jeff Flannery, Balu Valzikal, Valiazikal, something like that. Timothy Wilkinson, Straight GGB, Ron Williams, Artemio Lanza, Chris Powell, Jason Kong, Fernando Ham Radio. Nice last name. Yeah. <laughs> Alfredo Rios, Neb, Z- Neb Zitro. I'm assuming that's a twist on Zeb Nitro. But, uh, and then Robert Lee, not Ely, just Lee. Uh, Bruce Dusterwinkle, Evan Rigley, or Rigel, David Straub. And RVBS Potnike. Yeah, not even going there. <laughs> uh, and then on Twitter, we had Stark Shrum. And on YouTube, we had Steve Romagni, John Murky, Mark Scott, The Art of Engineering. And by the way, that, feedba- that feedback was from The Art of Engineering. So, and finally, Karsten Perthel. We had a couple of people join the mailing list. Whiskey 7 Delta Bravo Alpha and Kilo 7 Zulu Tango Hotel. And we had some new folks join us on our Discord. We have Deuces.Wild, T. Evans 3, Gardner Dad, Thomas Casey 1 QXW, and Tutu. <laughs> or Tutu. <laughs> or TO2. Or something. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody, for joining us on the social media platforms. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I said, feel free to send us feedback, leave us a voicemail, uh, 909-547-7469, and just tell us how we're doing, or give us some feedback. If you got questions, we'll try and answer them. You know what? Uh, we, we like to help out where we can. So let us know what you're doing, what you're thinking about, what questions you have, and we'll definitely respond to them on the show. We did not have any live chat listeners that we know of, because no one joined us on Discord. So there's probably some folks out there, but we don't know who they are. So thank you if you listen live. 
And if you're not listening live and listening to the show afterwards, thanks for downloading and for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed this short topics episode, and we will be having a deep dive next week. So make sure you tune in for that. And with that, we'll go ahead and get on out of here and let you get on with the rest of your day. This has been episode number 477 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-NHS-SHOW. That's one 909 547-7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Hedonism